listening to Shut the Book Up podcast, where we delve into the nitty gritty of the book world. I'm your host, Kat. Make sure to grab your coffee, or in my case, hot chocolate, and let's delve into the episode. And welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited because today we have Kat from Rustic Pages on the podcast. She's a bookstagrammer, an artist, and has one of the most gorgeous feeds that I am absolutely obsessed with. Hi, Kat. Thank you for joining the podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. So before we get started with the questions and like me interrogating you on your reading journey and everything, I love to start these episodes talking about my current reads for the week and any recommendations that I have. Would you like to start with anything that you're reading this week? Yes, I'd love to. I actually just finished the audiobook of Sorcery of Thorns, which I am finally getting around to. It was so good. It actually lived up to all my expectations. So I am super excited about that. Um, other than that, I am about halfway through Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Also has been fantastic. A lot better than I expected, I feel like, because I've heard such mixed reviews. I wasn't for sure what it was going to be like going in. I felt like I kept my expectations really low, but I'm happy to say that I am enjoying it like so much more than I expected. So weirdly enough, I'm also reading a Leigh Bardugo book this week. And, oh, really? Which one? Okay, so I'm actually going to be starting Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. I also am going into this very hesitant because of the fact that I was not a fan of the Shadow and Bone series by Leigh Bardugo. Actually, I really disliked it quite a bit. And so going into Six of Crows, I'm really hesitant, actually. I totally know what you mean. The trilogy is not my favorite, but personally, I love the duology so much. Six of Crows was fantastic. It does take a little bit to get into, I feel like. But once you do, I loved the books, especially Crooked Kingdom. Oh, yes, I've heard a lot. And that's the reason why I really wanted to get into her other like Grishaverse books. I just did not like this, the first like trilogy. And so with hearing that, and then obviously I do love Leigh Bardugo's writing. It had nothing to do with her writing. It had everything to do with just the world of Grishaverse, but in the first three books that she had written. And so I'm really excited to, to see that or to just like, get back into the world that I actually loved, weirdly yes. enough. and I was going to say, for me, a big part of it was the characters. I didn't care for the main characters in the trilogy, where in Six of Crows, I really loved them. So I, that made, like, a big difference. No, I completely agree. I, I'm not a fan. I feel like it's the most, I have the most unpopular opinion about the series, especially with the fact that I didn't agree with who Alina ended up with. I didn't like Alina. I definitely hated Maul. <laughs> Same on both. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then actually this last week, so I got into another, I just finished another book last night and it was Aurora Rising by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. And it took me a year to get to this book and I feel stupid about it, but it's honestly like currently it's one of my favorite reads for the week. I haven't read that one. It's okay. At first I thought that the seven characters, because there's seven characters that you're following and it actually puts you into the point of view of seven characters. At first, I thought it was going to be really too much, but now that I've read it, it just is such a perfect book. And not only that, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, I feel like they're the power couple of the writer's world right now, and everything that they produce is just gorgeous. 
Okay, I'll definitely have to read it. I actually have not read anything by Jay Kristoff yet. Oh. I really need to. Yes. <laughs> I okay. So weirdly enough, I haven't either. I read the first book in the Illumini Files, which is uh, I don't even remember what it's called. Oh, whatever. It probably is. Oh, Illumini. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Illumini Files. Um, and then I actually read his uh one series, and it's based off in Japan, and I don't remember the series what it's called, but. His writing is definitely very unique, and I'm trying to get into the Nevernight series as well. I have those books coming to me as a gift. Um, I haven't gotten them yet, but those are another one I want to give a try. Ooh, yeah, exactly. I, and at first I was going to do it as a buddy read, but then I was like, I just, I, I suck at buddy reads. I'm like, oh, I'll get behind and everything. But no, it's definitely a series. That's like my main goal this year is to read the Nevernight Chronicles and then be able to complete them to finally say I've actually read them. Even And it even took me a year because I collected the UK edition and it ended up taking me a year to get them. That is why I'm waiting yes. for a gift for Christmas from my mom. And she says that they're coming, but they're from the UK. So yes. they're taking a long time. Oh my gosh. It took me yeah, a year <laughs> and a half and I got them all in hardcover. And I was lucky. So because the Never, the first book, Nevernight, in the UK edition, in the hardcover ended up taking me a year to find and I found it at a used bookstore for $15 and I looked it up online and online it was selling for almost 350 US dollars. Oh my goodness, that is such a steal. Exactly. So I was like, well, the person obviously didn't realize they sold a very expensive book. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Yeah. So that was our current reads. Um, Definitely check those current reads out, especially, I guess, Leigh Bardugo's books because that seems to be the popular books right now. Aurora Rising. The show coming out too. Yes. Perfect timing. Oh my gosh. Yes. The show is coming out. I com- I completely forgot about the show. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just because of the quarantine brain. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so I really wanted to get you here and actually talk to you not only about your reading journey, but also about kind of like Instagram and um, you getting into bookstagram and everything. So my first actual question is what started your reading journey? Um, was there any books that played a huge role or like what prompted you to get into your love of books? Um, I feel like I started reading from a very young age. My mom is a huge reader. She's actually on Bookstagram as well. But um, she definitely instilled that love in me. But the first books I really remember just devouring were the Nancy Drew books. And they had them all at my local library. And I just remember just getting so excited every week to get my new books. And I would just flew through the whole series. Um, fantastic books. So I feel like those really started it, especially when it comes to my love for like mysteries and thrillers and whatnot. No, definitely. Um, I completely agree with you. Actually, my own mom helped me get into my reading journey. Well, actually, both of my mom and my grandmothers, because they both were really huge readers. And I don't think I would be as big of a reader if it wasn't for them. Yeah, exact same. So when it comes to reading and everything, do you have any actual rituals when, when reading? Um, I almost always make coffee because I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, not so much. Um, I usually curl up either in bed or I have a basket chair in the living room. When it's nice out, I love to read by the pool when I'm, you know, allowed to go out. But um, yeah, that's that's about it. I feel like nothing super special. I completely agree. I'm well, I'm not a big coffee fan. Unfortunate as it is, I'm not a huge coffee fan, but I find myself making either tea or hot chocolate quite a bit. 
And lately, my favorite snack to be eating during my reading has been popcorn. Oh, very nice. I do like popcorn. And uh, lately, I've been really into Harvest Snaps, now that you say that. Yes. I've been I've been kind of addicted. Oh, my gosh. I Yes. I love Harvest Snaps. I like, actually, the, the, the pea ones, and they're the ranch ones currently. Yes. Um, I've been really into Caesar, I believe it was. Um, yeah, they're also good, though. Yes, they are. So how do you... Like when obviously currently during quarantine and everything, we all have a lot of downtime now. So it's obviously easier to read now than it would be on in a normal month with normal working hours. But before this and everything, how did you make time for reading? Um, that's a great question. Uh, one big thing that helps is that um, Adam at Discovered Reads and I uh, host a weekly or a weekend readathon every first of the month. So it's like a three-day readathon, read as much as you can. We try to get as much of the community kind of involved in it. And I feel like that really just kind of gets my months off to a really good start. I try to schedule as little as I can that weekend just to like really focus on reading and my reading goals. Um, Other than that, I try to read at least a little bit before bed every night so that I don't, um, so that I keep my current read kind of fresh in my memory. And, but yeah, I think, that's about it. I just try to set aside time when I can, but I don't pressure myself to, or I don't feel bad when I'm too busy to, because I feel like that's when it can really start to feel like a chore. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. So I completely agree with that. I think a lot of people, especially those that are into bookstagram and are, I guess, pretty much a hobbyist readers, or even more than that, I definitely feel like most of us, when we set these reading goals for the year, we take them very seriously and to the point where it's like we feeling we're feeling like we're forced to read and I'm feeling like currently that I'm actually getting into more reading slums when I force myself to read. Oh, absolutely. So how would you describe your literary taste? Like specifically, what genres tend, do you tend to fall more towards? Um, I would say my favorite genre are thrillers, especially psychological thrillers. Um, those have been kind of a longtime favorite of mine, but I think it was about halfway through college, I started reading fantasy again. And that's when I really started, um, I don't know, I really dove into that genre, which I really wasn't into growing up, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like experiencing that as an adult reader was just really fun, I guess. I feel like those two are my main genres. Other than that, I read some mysteries. Um every now and then a romance or a contemporary, but that's a lot more rare. So I actually, well, I I picked it up and then I put it down for Aurora Rising, but I picked up Red, White, and Royal Blue. And I think the last time I read any type of contemporary, it had to have been a few years ago. I'm also in that kind of same boat of, I'm really not a large fan of young adult contemporary. And I'm especially not a large fan of romance novels. I just yeah. cannot get into them. I don't understand them. I sometimes feel like they're too mushy and I don't do well with mushy. They could be very cheesy and unrealistic. I think that's a pet peeve of mine. I hate when there's like the perfect guy or the perfect, you know, whoever the love interest is. It's just, I, I need more real flawed characters. Oh my gosh, that that is so me. I, I do not like a perfect romance. I Like you said, it's so unrealistic. And not only that, sometimes I feel with these romance books and even in young adult literature, this idea of like a perfect relationship is being pushed so much that people now, I feel, young adults, 
go into like legit relationships and they think that they're going to be perfect and then they get into fights and then they see what an actual relationship looks like and they don't think that it's they think it's going to be like the book yeah exactly and then they call these flaws problematic when like it's problematic to think that everything is going to be perfect in my opinion so with that this year is there any book this year that you currently are either super excited about reading or is there any book this year that you're really excited about coming out that hasn't come out yet? Um, I feel like all of my like most anticipated reads of 2020 have mm-hmm. already come out. Um, one of them was One of Us is Next, since One of Us is Lying is one of my favorites. Um, and another one was A Heart So Fierce and Broken because, again, I really enjoyed A Curse of Dark and Lonely last year. Um which I have read both of those. I really, really liked the sequel to A Curse of Dark and Lonely. That book was really good. Um, One of Us is Next, I feel like, was good, but not as good as the first book. I feel like it wasn't, maybe not necessary, but I still, like, I enjoyed seeing the characters again. I can't even think, I guess, I guess some books that I'm excited to read that are already out. One of them is, um... Trisha Levenseller's newest. Uh, oh, A Shadow Between Us. Yes, thank you. I was literally Googling the name. Um, I'm planning on getting that one on audiobook next, actually. And um, I'm really excited to read that because her Daughter of the Pirate King duology are some of my favorite books. I love those books. Yes, actually, in last week's podcast, I talked about those. I actually just finished last week um, A Daughter of a Pirate King and A Daughter of a Siren Queen. And I am obsessed with her writing right <laughs> I've I've actually read this is the I think these are the by this point it would be the fourth book I've read by Trisha Levenseller and I've loved every single one of them and A Shadow Between Us is also one I have not read yet I would I, I definitely am looking at the audiobook but I also see it that there is an ebook for it on Scribd so I might read it in ebook form as well nice yeah so Character wise, what character do you connect to or relate to the most? Do you find? Um, that's a good question, and I feel like I always stumble on this question because I don't I don't have a great answer. Um, but one that comes to mind that I usually end up talking about is Kaz from Six of Crows. Um, I really just appreciate his character because of all that he's been through. He's experienced deep loss. I also lost my own brother in a tragic accident um, growing up. So I feel like him learning to cope and live like a normal human afterwards. I don't know. It just really resonated with me, I guess. You just make me so excited to read The Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. I'm so grateful I picked up the book because I do hear so many things. And, and, you know, and finding books that we can relate to, especially characters in such like a deep and personal way, I think is what many of us kind of flock towards as readers. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had to live in a book, if you had to live in one, which book would you want to live in forever? Oh, goodness. Um, okay, I feel like a lot of the magical worlds I think of, I am, I'm not going to survive. <laughs> it's like, do I get magic? <laughs> no, I um, agree. <laughs> um, I really like Everfall from, again, from A Curse So Dark and Lonely. Mm-hmm. Um it's really beautiful painted in my mind. Uh, I want to say Hogwarts even just because I think that would be really, that'd be really neat. Again, especially if I have magic, I feel like that whole universe is really cool. And especially cause it's, it's very, th- both of those are set where you start off in the real world and then go into this magical realm. So it almost feels 
more real, if that makes sense. No, it does. It's like this idea of our world existing, but a parallel world existing along ours. Yes, exactly. Like, this could be real. Like, maybe there is this magical world out there. Oh my gosh. I'm convinced that there's something magical out there that we just don't see. (laughs) That'd be so cool. I wish. I also am in the same boat as... A lot of the books that I read, I for sure would never survive. One of my favorite books of all time is Lord of the Rings. (laughs) And I'm fairly certain I would die within like the first 10 pages if I actually existed in the world. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely feel that. Another one was um, uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Mm. that would, I would last 20 seconds. I would, I'd be gone. Yeah, I feel like the only person in the world who has not watched that show. Are you? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like everyone talks about it. I have not read the books or watched the show. So I'm ashamed. I have, I never wanted to read the books. I, well, no, I wanted to read the books. I never wanted to watch the series. I watched the series and was so, we watched the first season and I was so mentally destroyed by that first season that we actually, I had to tell my significant other and we had to stop for six months before I would even allow us to read the, or watch the next season. <laughs> oh no it was it's I, I hope I'm not scaring you away but that that tv oh, show no. is one of the most exhausting tv shows I've ever gone through that's what I've heard and after how it ended my boyfriend is basically like nah, nah it's not worth it the ending was horrendous <laughs> I I heard that I well I watched it and I agree and it also it's like I understand why they did it because yeah. of the fact that he hasn't finished the books yet which is, it's a frustrating ordeal in itself. Yes, no, I completely agree. So moving kind of from your reading world into Bookstagram, how did you find and get into Bookstagram? So Bookstagram is a weird thing where I feel like it found me because uh, back in high school, it was around 2013, I believe it was. I had what I used to consider my hobby account, and it was basically a separate account where I didn't post pictures of friends or anything like that, but I only posted pictures of what I was drawing, reading, and occasionally like hiking kind of trips that I took. So just like naturey kind of pictures, but I kind of kept it this like artsier looking account. And um, eventually people from the book community like would comment obviously on my book related pictures because I'd use the hashtags and whatnot. And I just slowly just became a part of the community, I guess, because I started interacting with them. I started posting more book photos and it just kind of grew and grew. And um, back then my handle was uh, Cat's Day, if I remember right. And I think it was around 2015 or 16, somewhere in there. Um, That's when I came up with Rustic Pages and I started fresh and I like officially joined. You're it's so crazy because your journey it's almost the same as mine and I also feel like bookstagram found me um I also kind of was trying to get away from I had a travel account and I started posting book photos and I was like well this isn't going to be working out so I ended up changing my account and I don't remember I did have a different username I don't remember what it was I I honestly can't I can't even remember it but um but before it was a court of books and coffee, it was, it, uh, it was, it was, I don't even know what it was before that. It was like a mixture of uh, book photos and something else. And it, it's just insane. Like over the last like five years, how bookstagram has kind of just changed and 
warped and it is it's and it's huge now yeah yeah no absolutely it was such a small community back then it it was I remember like at least I remember at least a hundred of us at the time and then (laughs) now there's thousands of us I was gonna say and I will say I'm definitely a lot more active in the community now than I was then yes Um, I feel like you know life life has its ups and downs and gets busy at times and so I feel like it definitely was not my main focus and I definitely wasn't as active as I am now. I, yeah, um, I think I actually, well, I ended up in the hospital for a year. And so that entire year wasn't last year, but it was, I think a year and a half before that. And I literally just took a year and a half off. And I definitely know that when I started, I was not as active. I, I mean, I, I liked here and there and I posted here and there, but currently I'm a lot more active, like posting every single day, except for my Sundays where I'm just like chilling on my couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so where do you get your infra- your inspiration from when it comes to your photos? Um, uh, I feel like a lot from the community, just seeing everyone else's photos kind of sparks ideas, but also Pinterest. I'm very, I, I love Pinterest. And not only that, but taking ideas from photography that's not necessarily book related and making it bookish. I feel like that's one of my favorite things. But um, I'm kind of feeling like I'm going into like a photo taking slumps. I will literally recreate an older photo of mine from back before I had like a nicer camera. And like, I really like this idea I attempted back then when like iPhones had terrible cameras. Like, let's try to take that photo and make it, you know, look more professional, I guess. I also love Pinterest. I think, I mean, I get so much of my inspiration from there now. As well as obviously like just seeing bookstagram in general and also like Hig lifestyle or Huga. Yes. Yes. I only discovered that hashtag. I feel like like recently, like this year, I feel. Yes. Me too. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it got really big. I feel like that term got really big. It definitely did. And it's so interesting because when I found Huga, it was about, I read the book, um, Living Huga or something like that. And it was. Uh, the Danish ways to living happy. And it was really interesting because the first sentence in that book was Americans could never achieve Huga. And I'm just like, great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you're taking photos and everything of your books, what tends to be the prop that's used the most in your books or in your book photos? Um, I am a huge fan of fairy lights in photos. I absolutely love um, attempting to like blur them in the background. I feel like that is really pretty. And so I try to have that throughout my photos as much as possible. Hmm. Um, Other than that, pine cones are really constant with my uh, feed. And I try to use my like wooden backboard, kind of give it that rustic feel, you know, stay on brand a little bit. Um, other than that, my props kind of change with season. So like right now I have a lot of flowers, but like in, um, the fall, I'll have more like fall leaves. And then in Christmas, I include things like ornaments and, um, other Christmas decorations, I guess. Yeah. I'm kind of, it's really interesting because pine cones currently are my favorite thing. I love them. I don't know why, but I think they look so cool in photos. I do too. And not only that, I actually, when it's fall and everything, I actually go out and collect pine cones. And lately I've been liking to paint them and put them in glass jars. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. And then, exactly. And then I include them in my photos and you're, I, I wish I could pull off fairy lights. One, I don't have them. And two, I feel like 
I, I just always get the cord more in the way than the actual lights themselves. Yes. I feel like you really need them in the background. And one thing why I love pine cones is if you put one near wherever you want the focus to be, um, hopefully pretty close, mm -hmm. um, the camera really likes to focus on them, like more so, like it's very easy to get it to focus on them. And so then you get the blurred light effects. You see the cord less. Oh, okay. That's a really, that's a really good idea. I didn't even think about that. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I use two cameras. So when I'm really lazy, I use my phone camera and then... When I and also when I'm in a hurry, because there's some days I don't even have any photos taken. And then when I'm really in a mood, I use my DSLR. Yes, yes, I have a Canon 2Ti um, that I got as a hand-me-down like years ago, and it's like a very basic starter model. I don't even think they sell it this basic anymore, but uh, it works great. Like I don't think you need the newest model of camera or anything like that. And even these days, iPhone cameras are actually like really impressive so yeah I'm impressed um because I used to take photos with my old iPhone camera and then I got the newest iPhone and like seeing the comparison next to the two it's insane I mean it's obviously it really is. It, it's not DL DSLR but it it's pretty damn close <laughs> yeah especially if you look back at like your older photos like I know when I look back at my like high school photos and mm -hmm. everything's so grainy and fuzzy yes and it looks terrible <laughs> Oh, I agree. I cringe still because I only have, I think, I've I've removed most of my older bookstagram photos, but like the two that I have on there, they're so grainy and I'm just like, I don't even know why I keep you. <laughs> <laughs> why are you here? Exactly. I think, I think it is nice though to have kind of like a starter to see how far you've come. Oh, that yes. My one, my one regret with um like starting new in 2016, as much as I'm glad I did, I wish I had kept it on the same account and I don't even think archiving was an option then though, but either way, I wish, I wish I still had my first photos cause I, I don't anymore. No, it is nice. It's like, and also not only that, I think I kept a few because I wanted to see my transition of my theme. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see. Because in two years, my, my theme has transitioned so much. I went from a completely very white, bright theme to now a very rustic theme and every time I look through it, it's like, my gosh, I, my, my style and my thoughts and how I like things have changed so much. Yes, I have tested out many different editing styles and looks, and I'm very happy with what I have now. Um, I've kept this like edit for over a year now, which is mm -hmm. a long time for me to keep something consistent. Yeah. And I'm still like just as happy with it. So I feel like I found the one so to say I, I completely agree are you somebody that tends to because I know I do this are you somebody that like takes 100 photos of the same of the same <laughs> way and then it's like that very first photo that you took it's the one that you end up loving oh yeah absolutely I feel like it's happened more often recently too because it's been uh like cloudy wintry weather here mm -hmm. and so when the lighting's not good I take extra extra just in case like it's not turning out and I focus on different things and try to get it as bright as possible, even though it's totally not working. Um, but yeah, I end up with a ton of photos to then go through. Yeah, it's awful. But, but but it's like it's part of kind of our own little mini reading lifestyle. Of mm -hmm. I just feel like my reading perfectionism has kind of blended into my book photography perfectionism a little bit. Yeah, no, I absolutely feel that. 
So deep question. And I really, this is the one that I really thought a lot about because I was like, oh my gosh, how do we like define this? So what is your definition of bookstagram and why is it important to you? Um, my definition of bookstagram, I feel like literally just a community of people who love books. And I feel like if we're just talking about like that kind of community, your account doesn't necessarily have to be solely book related. You can absolutely post a bookstagram post and interact with the community because I've seen a lot of people do that. And I think that's really neat. What was the second part of your question? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just like, why is it important to you, this definition for you? Like, why why is bookstagram really important to you? Um, I guess this kind of definition would be important to me because of inclusion. Like I want people to feel included, even if they're starting out like me with a hobby account, and they're talking about a million different things. Um, I want them to be able to feel like they can still be a part of the community and join in the discussion and um, not feel like they need this perfect, beautiful account to be a part of it, I guess. No. And I, I can, that, that's like really beautifully said because I feel that these new bookstagrammers that are coming in are feeling very inadequate or they feel like they'll never get anywhere with their account. Yeah. I hear a lot of people feeling like they, they have a lot of pressure and they come asking for advice and it's just like, have fun with it. Like Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And, and I mean, it's, I, I always like, I feel like I give the same advice every time when somebody asks me, how, how do you build your account? And I say, I didn't, it was an accident. It really like, I didn't ever expect that I would get anywhere close to 3k or 4k. And obviously I don't think any of us, most of us didn't expect to get anywhere near 10k with books. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely was like, I'm still not even near 10k. And the idea of just even having 4k, it was like, this is insane to me. I don't understand. I remember feeling so shocked when I hit 1K because I do not have that much on my personal for sure. And so I was like, wow. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like my own personal advice when people ask me that kind of question too is to really focus on making friends, not followers. Exactly. And that's really amazingly said too because because you don't, I, I think with the book community, especially, we don't want followers. We want people to talk to about books. We don't want to feel like, we can't talk to anyone. Yeah. And we don't want to be speaking out into this like empty void. We want people who are there for the discussion and to get to know you and, you know, actually make those kind of friendships. So this is actually weird because the next question that I have is what is two pieces of advice that you would give to a new bookstagrammer? Number one, um, not going off of what I just said, I'm going to try to think of something new here. Um, I would say don't be afraid to comment on strangers' posts, especially if you have something genuine and thoughtful to say, because that is the best way to make friends, in my opinion, is to start these kind of conversations. Um, so I feel like that, and I know a lot of people can get shy about it, and it can be a scary thing, absolutely, but um, I feel like it's a very good start to becoming a part of the community. Um, and then a second piece of advice. Um I would say try not to put pressure on yourself to take the best and prettiest photos, to take them, uh, to take a certain amount a week, to do anything like that because it starts to feel like work and a chore. And you want this to be a hobby and something you enjoy and turning it into work is, it's saddening and it's it's not what you 
want to do, I guess. And whenever I hear someone kind of feeling like that, I feel like that's the perfect time to kind of take a step back, to take a break, maybe just interact instead of trying to push out content. Um, just, yeah, don't, don't make it a chore when it doesn't need to be. No, that, that's a really, that's a really great piece of advice. I remember, um, I think it was a year ago and I was taking photos, like five photos a day, different photos, not even five photos of the same thing to make sure I had like three weeks of photos just in case I missed a day or I wasn't feeling it. And I just remember constantly feeling burnt out and I ended up taking two and a half weeks off and I felt guilty for it because not only at that time the algorithm for Instagram was changing. Mm -hmm. It was also just, it felt like it was a chore and it was overpressuring. And I feel that new bookstagrammers that are coming in are trying to feel like they need to compete with big accounts or just accounts that have been there the longest. And I definitely see then that these new bookstagrammers end up quitting within months of starting it. And it's really sad. It really is. And I really try to make everyone feel welcomed and I don't know, included because I feel like that's a big part of it is that they kind of feel on the outside but yeah it's sad to see people leave so soon exactly and and not only that I think um like you said with the advice and everything um I feel as if definitely like bringing in new bookstagrammers and just including them and I love this idea of like you're reading a thon and I'm loving these engagement groups I definitely Mm -hmm. see that 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 that's been helping a lot with trying to include different bookstagrammers that we never usually would have thought of meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a great way to meet people when you don't know many people, I guess. Exactly. So yeah, so those are the questions I have for you. So before we end this podcast, um, I tend to, this is a new segment that I'm going to be trying out in their rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you about 10 questions or so, and you got to not answer them fast, but, uh, pretty much just answer what's on your mind. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right, so for the first one, hobby apart from books. Art, painting, I love it. <laughs> I do too, it's my favorite. Two, coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning reader or night reader? Uh, night, I'm not a big morning person. Oh my gosh, me neither. I sleep in. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> what are we on, four? Four, readathon or buddy read? Uh, readathon, <laughs> easy. I'm naturally a binge reader, so. Oh my gosh. I am a binge reader too, and so I always get ahead in buddy reads. I suck. I was just like, yeah, I've already finished the book, guys. I was going to say, I either am so far behind that I haven't started the book or I finished it. There's like no in between for me. Pretty much. (laughs) Five, series or standalones? Um, I tend to lean towards standalones just because of my favorite genre being thrillers and whatnot. They tend to be standalones. Six, favorite female or male protagonist? Um, I kind of want to go with, uh, Losa from Daughter of the Pirate King. I just loved her. Oh my gosh. Uh, she, I, I could talk about her forever. And then, She's so <laughs> exactly. And then the last question, favorite books to grammar currently. Um, I kind of want to go with, uh, yeah. Okay. I had it right. Crime by the book. Um, she was one of the first like bigger bookstagram accounts that I came across and I just think her photos are gorgeous they're all like very coffee coffee shop-esque and she always has her coffee and a book and I just think I don't know they're always just very well put together and I think her feet's just gorgeous and uh she's obviously crime by the book she's a big like crime thriller reader so I always look for her for like recommendations and stuff like that definitely have to check her out because currently my favorite types of photos have been including coffee what I, I don't don't ask me maybe I'm like getting into that 
final coffee. <laughs> exactly. It's the coffee aesthetic mood. Um, and I've just been loving these like vibes of coffee and books lately. So we're going to be checking her out. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you, Kat, so much for joining me in today's episode. Yes. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it because it's always amazing to talk about bookish content with you. Also, make sure to go to the Instagram page, shut the book up. It's at shut period the book up and make sure you follow there because that's where I give all of my latest details on the podcast. Also, make sure to like and review the podcast. It definitely helps the podcast and supports it. And it helps me get excited and record a new episode. I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.